Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. Contrary to popular belief, there are not two Montes in Arizona. The Suns head coach is actually Tavares Montgomery Williams, just so you know. So that leaves Monty Ossenfort, the man of the hour, the new GM of the Cardinals, whose time to shine is right now. And that's because free agency is almost here. And Ossenfort must sell his vision of the future to players who might be wondering about that NFLPA report. It's because Ossenfort... Fort needs to create a bidding war for DeAndre Hopkins if there's any chance at all of recovering at least a first-round pick for one of the NFL's best receivers. And it's because the NFL draft now begins with the number three pick where the Cardinals conveniently sit. And if Austin Fort can successfully trade down, maybe even twice, he could instantly regenerate all the wasted draft capital under his predecessor. For that to happen, he needs to find one team willing to jump the line in front of the Colts, whether it's the Raiders, Falcons, Buccaneers, or whoever. And finally, Austin Fort needs to build an offensive line, something Steve Keim talked about repeatedly, but was never able to accomplish. And more to the point, this is where the new foundation begins. This is where a new era of Cardinal football begins. This is where the future begins, because behind every great football Football team is a really good general manager, something we haven't had around here in quite some time. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, well, I mean, you, yeah, I'd lo- everybody would always love to have more cash space, you know. So, um, you know, there's there's always going to be a trade-off if, if um, you know, you make a decision to sign somebody and then you gotta you got to cut somewhere else. So, um, you know, there's always there's always a financial consideration that goes into everything and finding the right value um, and putting the right role on a player and how they fit with our team. So, so, you know, I think those are all important that we we make the sound financial phys- and we be fiscally disciplined, disciplined as we make our roster decisions. Um, and so those things, those are all going to go factor into our unrestricted free agency, retaining our own and going out and adding any players. That's Monty Austin for two weeks ago at the NFL Combine talking about maybe some financial parameters that he'll have to, uh, you know, follow this mm-hmm. offseason. But, you know, the Cardinals are creating some cap space. They created some more with the um, letting go of uh, Marcus Golden. So we'll see, you know, what that number looks like as free agency starts this week. But from Monty Austin for by the way, yeah, I, I listen to Monty Austin. The more I listen to him talk, you ever have that feeling when you, when you listen to somebody talk and when you're just hearing the audio and you're like, I know that person's voice. He sounds like somebody, somebody. and I can't put my finger on who it is. he sounds like somebody. Yes. Like identical. Wow. And I can't picture who okay. it is. It'll come to you. It I will. think it'll come to you eventually. I think it will. Uh, but uh, Monty Osinfort, you want to talk about maybe a potential boon for his first offseason? Mm-hmm. This is what happened over the weekend with the Chicago Bears trading the number one overall pick to Carolina. Yep. Uh, creating maybe even more desperation for other quarterback hungry teams. I mentioned this earlier. There's a new mock draft after the uh, the trade that went down. Ben Standig from The Athletic put it together. And it's just a mock. It's just a projection. But it can give you an idea of what might happen. Uh, he's got the Carolina Panthers now with number one, taking C.J. Stroud, the quarterback of Ohio State. The reports out of Charlotte say there's three or four quarterbacks that they really like at number one. 
So they can't go wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, oh, yeah. he's got Houston taking Bryce Young uh, out of Alabama. Okay. At number three, he's got the Seattle Seahawks moving up in a trade with the Cardinals from five. So the Cardinals would move down two spots. And in mm-hmm. this projection, he's got the Cardinals um, getting uh, the number five pick. Number 52 overall, number 123 overall, and a 2024 third round pick for number three. Okay. That's, with, with, that sounds doable. With that pick, he's got the Seahawks taking Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. And then at number four, the Colts, another quarterback uh, hungry team, would take Will Levis from Kentucky. And then the Cardinals, after getting that haul and moving down two spots, would still get their preferred player in Will Anderson be, out of Alabama. That would be well done. That would be really yeah, well done. Yeah, that would be really good. Uh, I think, where are the Raiders at right now? The Raiders are at nine. No, no, that's, um, uh, the Raiders are at seven. Uh, yes, they're at seven. Yeah. Um, so again, you, you just, you have to ID the teams that want the quarterbacks that might be, that might be, you know, seduced by this. A lot of people tried to connect the dots with with why did Carolina do what they did when they did it, and and the proximity to the NFL Combine has a lot of people thinking, what if they're all in on Anthony Richardson? Now that would be quite a gamble to take mm-hmm. to give up all that they did and then take the big swing of the bat, you know. And so it's so to me it it's I I think the size is an is an issue with Bryce Young. I think I think CJ Stroud is probably the number one pick, but the fact that the Panthers don't even know or claim to not even know who they want yet, this is not a good strategy. This is you you should not trade up just on yeah. on the spec of hey, you know what, the, the, at least we nobody can pick our guy cuz we're at number 1. They always say when it comes to quarterbacks when they're on the roster and hey, we can't decide who our starter is. If you have two, exactly. do you have one? Exactly. If you love four, do you love one? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it, there's there's an element of truth to that. But and, I also think you you brought up the the Seattle question about rolling the dice on on Anthony Richardson. They just signed Geno Smith to a pretty sizable deal. Anthony Richardson would be the project to take over for Smith. But I also think NFL, the days of NFL teams being beholden to top draft picks at the quarterback position just because they're high draft picks, mm-hmm. those days are over. The Cardinals started this trend with you know, picking Kyler yep. Murray the year after Josh Rosen. The Jets moving on from Zach Wilson, maybe getting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Those days, um, they're, you're going to fail with the quarterback. You're going to fail quickly because you don't want to be put in a situation where you're extending these guys or picking up a fifth year option with you know big money on the line. If they stink, they stink. Move on. And and who's to say you can't pick a quarterback two or three years in a row? What if Monty Ford does something really crazy and trades Kyler Murray? And then drafts look at that look on Jared's face and then drafts a quarterback. Look, I at at this time anything is possible. Anything is possible. Is, is it probable? No. No. But I when when that possibility comes up, the question I immediately ask myself is what would the interest in Kyler Murray right now be around the league? A guy that's already signed the massive deal and, oh, by the way, is coming back from a torn ACL? Yeah, that's it. the injury thing makes it real complicated. I think yeah. th- th- there couldn't be less trade interest in Kyler Murray right now. Not to say that he couldn't... You Not know. to say that there would be none, but I think you're right. I think with the way you phrased it is accurate. Mm-hmm. There's probably this is pr- probably not the time to look to, to look into trading Kyler Murray. Um, now, so, but I think I, you know on that possibility. The, the other side of it is who's actually becoming available in this draft. I don't know if any of these quarterbacks, when I look at them, is a surefire can't miss NFL quarterback. No, 
Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I, I think that's why I think what the Panthers are doing is so dangerous because what you do now, if you've got the number one overall pick and you know your mission is to draft a quarterback, you start making a list and you start comparing guys and then you start talking yourself into things just like the 49ers talked themselves into Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though, right. And because for a while the reporting was they were not, they were going the other way. So I, I think that I think this is a real tricky thing that they did, and 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 all they've got is an, an assurance that whoever they want is going to be available. That's all they've got. That's all they've got. And so so to me, I look at Monty Austin for it, and, I, and and part of the thing that I'm really intrigued about is you know Steve Kime was promoted. Steve Kime wasn't a GM who had to bounce around and nope. bring his plan and try to sell himself to organizations. Yeah. He was promoted. Came up for, through the ranks. Yeah, came up for, through the ranks. That's a that's a different level. So I am really curious to see how the how a fresh set of eyes now, a guy that's been in a couple of good organizations, what he's going to do with this. And like I said, I know it's really stupid, but just something as dumb as Committing to Greg, what a Dorch! What a Dorch! Committing to Greg Dorch and and tapping out on Marcus Golden. I'm like, okay, this is good. He, I think he's looking at this the way he should. Yeah, with with fresh, clean yes. eyes. Yeah. Yes. Coming up next, uh, just how serious is Kevin Durant's ankle injury? There seems to be some debate on it. We'll get into that <laughs> next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm grateful that it wasn't, you know, something that um, was long, long term. Uh, obviously, you don't want to see guys get hurt, but based on the way it looked, when I got the, the news yesterday, we were, you know, pretty happy that it wasn't a break or anything like that, so uh, we're just glad that he's here and getting a ton of care around the clock, and, and uh, like the report says, we'll reevaluate when the time allows. That is Monty Williams, Suns head coach. That was back on Friday, talking about uh, Kevin Durant's ankle injury. Grateful it wasn't a long-term thing, but um, yeah, there, there's still a lot of weirdness, a lot of questions about this whole scenario, and a, a lot of them rise up after James Jones granted an interview to Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic and AZ Central, where James Jones said if the playoffs started today, he'd be out there. Uh, he'd be struggling a little bit, but he'd be out there. James Jones also said, um, I was on the floor when he did it, so I saw when it happened. It was just wait and see. He sprained his ankle. He continued to finish working out, went to the back, said he was a little sore and hobbled around a little bit. Then he got on the table and was like, I feel a little stiff. We examined it. Got him on the table. Doctors took a look at him and said, hey, he sprained it pretty good. We should probably just go and be cautious, take it slow. He wanted to play. He was still itching to play. But we have a long-term view. Come to find out it's a pretty moderate sprain, good enough uh, to hobble him around a little bit, end quote. The use of the word moderate there at the end kind of confused me. Yes. (laughs) This whole thing is (laughs) confusing. I've I I walk around uh, everyday life pretty confused. No, no, but this, but this is confusing. Everything about this thing has just been very, very confusing. From watching, like I said, watching a world class athlete um, c- 
who came to town and just matter-of-factly called himself one of the best to ever play the game, and then he just biffs it, falls on his face in a layup line practically. Yeah. And again, I said, that's kind of like if, if you knock on your neighbor's door and tell your neighbor to go in the driveway and shoot a layup, that might happen to him. That's not supposed to happen to Kevin Durant. And then, then he gets up from this wicked fall, and then he acts like nothing is wrong. And then he signs autographs. And, and then, he, then, then suddenly he's scratched from the game, and people are like, what? Yeah, it's and, probably one of those things, too, where you know, the adrenaline of opening night for him, playing in front of the home crowd, it was probably pumping pretty good. Yeah. And after he did, it, he probably thought, hey, this is nothing. Then when you leave the arena... Yeah, where everybody's hanging on your every move. I mean, yeah, that's Kevin a good Durant point. was working out with one of those work those big workout balls, and yeah. people were cheering it. Pre-game. People cheering it. Yeah, so adrenaline wore off, and yeah. uh, and we see the, the results. Swelling did not wore off. It did the not. Swelling. I mean, sometimes you you injure something in the moment. Maybe it doesn't feel as bad. An hour later. It swells up so bad that it, you can't walk on it. That's true. Um, but three weeks is is the timetable. We're almost a week into that already. That was Wednesday night. It's already wow, Monday. It's been a, wow. <laughs> I just think you know, when you hear if, if the playoffs were starting today, he could he could yeah. play on it. Yeah. And maybe that gives you hope that it's less than a three-week timetable, that the constant care that Monty Williams talked about right. uh, shows some other findings, even though he's not supposed to be re- reevaluated. Even the, the, the timetable of he'll be reevaluated in three weeks leaves a, a right. lot of wiggle right. room and a lot right. of gray area. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anyone suggests that that is set in stone, that, that no matter what happens, no matter how great he feels, he will not be reevaluated. Until three weeks have passed. I, I don't think that's what we're dealing with here, especially if James Jones says, yeah, you know, if this were the playoffs, he'd be playing. Okay. You know, it's so I guess I guess they're just going to maybe just play this by ear yeah. and hope that they don't go on a nasty losing streak. I, I think it would be really, really good for this basketball team to get one of these next two games. And I know it's not going to be easy. I, I mean, getting the Bucks on the second of a back to back after having to play in Golden State tonight. But the last time the last time the Suns were in Golden State, they had a they had a big time surprise for that team. Yes, they did. I think Golden State will be geared up for that. Yeah, I, th- I th- yeah, I think there's probably some of that in the air tonight. Because outside of Durant, the Suns are pretty much you know put together. They're 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 a whole unit right now. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea, and also, I mean, you were at the game on Saturday. I was not, but the fact that he wasn't on the bench, I was like, that's odd. What is that about? Like you, you've been the PA guy now. For, this is your third year, Vinny. It's try seven, it's Jared. Seventh year, Jared. What? Try seven. <laughs> Right. What yeah. year is it? Nobody, no, what? nobody noticed when the Suns were winning 19 games a year. Oh my That's goodness gracious. Yeah. Wow. It's his yeah. second year doing radio as well. He's doing a great job. So oh far. my. Is it I, not a newcomer? 20, yeah. Is it not 2019? How far did I set my clock? Um, uh-huh. Something happened. And anyway, uh, is that very unusual that somebody with an injury of this type is not on the bench or in the stands during games? Um, it's, I don't know, it's a hard question to answer because we, it's never been a player of the, the profile of Kevin Durant, so yeah. you notice it more. Yeah. I, you know, did I think earlier in the year, Cam Johnson wasn't always on the bench when he was out with his, his no, injury. No, that's so, true. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, it's just that you know, he doesn't want the... The crowd to see him maybe, with a walking boot maybe, or any of those things. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he doesn't like the attention of, of sitting there in street clothes, not playing. Jared, what's the matter? What are you slapping I your face I can't believe for? it's been seven years. That's like... 
Yeah. What in the world is going on with my time? brain and Watch, time? Watch yeah. this. Jared, I think you've been here uh, at, at Arizona Sports for like 16 years. I know. <laughs> oh, you knew that. <laughs> oh, believe me. Every day I go home and I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a question that Dwayne Rankin asked in the interview to James Jones, too. Are you concerned uh, at all because Durant has a history of injuries? And he said, no, players that play and play a lot get banged up, but it's a sprained ankle. It's the type of thing that uh, we're from the playoffs. If the playoffs were to start today, he'd be out there saying there's no concern. Right. Which, that's right. And I, that's that's got to be the public-facing attitude of the Suns right now. But if you asked any Suns fan, are they concerned? You had to wait three weeks to see Kevin Durant play anyway Yeah, after the trade because he was recovering from an injury and then gets re-injured almost immediately, a different injury. It may this may be the last time he's hurt in a Suns uniform. Oh, let's hope. But let's be, hope because I, think, I don't want to do I don't want to do this for no, the next three years. But I years. think if you were if you're a Suns fan and you were asked that question and you said no, I'm not concerned, I think you'd be lying to some degree. No, you'd have because because this didn't even happen in a game. No. This happened in warm-ups. We're so talking was, about practice. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> so that that has to be a little disconcerting, a little bit alarming. Then then there's the element of okay, you know, it, there was there was belief from somebody enough for ESPN to kind Kind of uh, shifted schedule to to be here in Phoenix on that Friday night, uh-huh. and and that was like nah nah not ready yet, and and not ready on Sunday either. We'll we'll wait till the next week to come back. So I, again, I don't know if this is a Kevin Durant comfort issue because I'm I listened to that I listened to the the cuts here and I, I li- read James Jones's quotes that he still wanted to play. Yeah, I think he feels like. He wants. To, he talked about, "Hey, I've improved myself to you yet." At the press conference, right. I think Kevin Durant wants the, the I, first opportunity to prove himself to the home fans. You know, it's funny because when you said going into that game that you just wanted that thing to be over with, and I thought oh, that's a that's a, a a strange take, but it's not because in retrospect, you were right on the money. What you were feeling was right on the money, and that is what we were doing as a town. It, it wasn't really healthy. As a sports time, to be just glomming on a guy yeah. who just got here. Yeah, to put that much expectation. Yes, you were on lab- one game. We're just put ladling all this on him, and now we're still in that situation. Yes, yeah. So, so I'm we- a pretty smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get you. I didn't get you last Tuesday, but I'm getting you now. Two funny uh, things that listeners pointed out, Kevin Durant facts. One, not funny at all, Kevin Durant has played less games since 2019 than Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yes. will you stop that? And if he were to have come back exactly three weeks from his injury, like, you know, three weeks, it would be against Oklahoma City oh, no, no. for the third time. <laughs> the third time he no, might debut no. against Oklahoma City. Do not City. target Oklahoma City no. for a Kevin Just Durant debut. Rule Just, him out yeah, now. Yeah. For that rule him out of that game right now. The basketball right gods don't want him to make his debut against this former <laughs> no. team. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll talk more about Kevin Durant, the Suns, and the NBA. Rick Bucher from FS1 will join us straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. 
Suns in San Francisco tonight against the Warriors. Home tomorrow night against the Bucks. Here to talk about the Suns and the NBA from FS1. Their uh, analyst, Rick Buecher, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Rick, good morning. How are you? I am good. How are we, gentlemen? Doing good. We got through uh, warm-ups for the show without turning an ankle today. We're, <laughs> we're way ahead of the game here, Rick. Uh, oh, I know. That is that is a pain. I, injuries are always painful, but when you see that and you think about everything that is riding on Kevin Durant and his ankle for the Phoenix Suns yep. this season and moving forward, and also, honestly, I, you know, it's, there's something about a guy as kind of long and thin as Durant, when that goes down, it somehow looks... It looks worse, yeah, doesn't it? I agree. It's, it's like a just, thoroughbred, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just oh, uh, so we'll see where it goes, and we'll see what he is when he gets back. Yeah. The one thing with 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 KD, if there's a glimmer of hope, is that um, he's been an, he's been amazingly resilient when he comes back from an injury uh, because of his skill set, because of his length, because of his his uh, his shot making ability. But he can come back, and he can still he can still have an impact. Yes. But you know what 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 we're seeing is is the devil is in the details, and uh, the the Suns bench uh, defensively um, their inability to stop people like KD will put up good numbers. Uh, it, the box score will look good, but if you're counting on him being a defender or getting over and, and, and helping and being the shot blocker that he demonstrated that he was uh, in the few games that he played or uh, a, a rebounder, like if those things fall off for where the Suns are and, and their lack of depth, um, by the way, shout out to all the Suns. They're like, what's Buker talking about? We have, our depth is fine. Like, <laughs> I'm looking yeah. I'm looking at your bench. You got minuses on every plus minus on every single player against the Sacramento Suns. Yeah. I don't make these things up, folks. (laughs) No. I don't. And this I don't is why, pull them out of my hat. No, okay? and this is why this is why you're one of our favorite guests, Rick, because you don't sugarcoat stuff and you bring a perspective that that's lacking here sometimes. So listen, don't 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 ever worry about ticking them off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Fair enough. And I think well, I can't I can't help myself. That's I, I, so okay. I, no, it's. Just, Keep it real. That's all. That's that's what we love, man. Rick Buecher, our guest yeah. from FS1 here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. And you mentioned the Sacramento game, and you're right. The the bench was was awful. And and for those yeah. who say uh, the bench is fine, they're fine from time to time. We see <laughs> games like what we saw on Saturday. But I think that's a game, Rick. That if, if Kevin Durant is healthy and he's in the lineup, you know, bench yeah. being exactly the same, that's a game the Suns yeah. win. And you're talking about a bunched up Western Conference. And I know you've talked about this, but I want to I want to hear your thoughts uh, on this show. You know. Yeah. His absence, you know, and you look at Golden State tonight, Milwaukee tomorrow, the Suns are going to lose some games. What do you think this does to their seeding yeah. when it's all said and done? Well, you know, I, I looked at it and I'm like, boy, they, they have a nice cushion. They at least have a nice cushion. But that can evaporate in a hurry. And looking at their schedule, I mean, you know, Golden State is a different team at home than they are on, on the road. Yes. They demonstrated that again over the weekend. Um, Milwaukee, with or without uh, Giannis is tough. They, you look. They've got Philadelphia. They've, they've got a number. They've, they've got a a formidable schedule coming up. Now, what what is fascinating about this year? And I can't 
I can't remember a year. I've been doing this for 30 some years. I cannot remember a year where in the Western Conference, we had all of these teams at the top of the conference having great seasons, but all of whom have relatively thin playoff resumes. And all of these teams in the bottom seeds, uh, among the bottom seeds, that are all the experienced teams that if they get in, you're just like, oof, don't want to see them. And I don't know how this is going to play out. It, it is the most fascinating thing because all of the teams in the in, in the bottom, and, the, and I put the Phoenix Suns in this category with the loss of all the pieces that they sent to, to Brooklyn without a fully healthy Kevin Durant. Um, I put them in the same category. Like all of those teams that we're used to seeing in the playoffs – all have a flaw. All have demonstrated a flaw yes. during the regular season that I'm not certain that they're going to be able to get over. But does their experience, their understanding of how to win in the postseason, does that win out over the inexperienced teams who are just deeper and stronger and have demonstrated over the course of the year that they they are better? Um, I've seen playoff pressure and execution and all of that undermine teams that have demonstrated all season long that they can play when you when you can't prep for them. Um, but I honestly, until we get down to the exact matchups, I don't know how this is going to go. I would just say, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you don't want to get into a situation where you have to scrap to get into the playoffs. You don't want to be in that play-in situation uh, and, and have to find your way in that way. And as much as they look comfortable right now, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not ready to say, well, they're not going to sink to those depths because the, 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 their schedule versus some of the other schedules is going to be tough. And it's really just a matter of when does Kevin Durant get back. Yeah, and the three games that KD played with with the Suns, um, Devin Booker was terrific. His shot soared uh, to 25 per game, and, and clearly he was loving that that dynamic. I, I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Was there enough sample size, and were those opponents good enough to feel good yeah. about plopping Kevin Durant in with like a week left to go in the season and hoping for the best? Are there real costs to not having any real time spent together? Yeah, no, there's, there's, I mean, uh, yes, there, especially when you get to the postseason, when you're, you have to have everything sorted out, not just between your stars. I think we always look at that. We, we're doing that with Dallas, and we would do that with Phoenix. You know, how are KD and Booker? Um, uh, you know, how, how are they sharing the ball? How are they integrating themselves with each other? They're stars. By and large, they can figure it out pretty quickly. What people don't take into account is that the role players, based on which guy you're going to and what you're running, those are the guys that have to get really comfortable and know exactly where that shot's coming from or what they need to do uh, in, in those pressure situations because they're the ones who are playing off of the shot and they need that split second advantage of, well, I, I know my guys better than the opponent does. So if I'm crashing the boards or I'm boxing, whatever it might be, I'm getting back on defense. Like um, th- those are the guys that need 
that familiarity with what with what they're doing. The easiest thing uh, is is if you have the ball in your hands, <laughs> determining or you're the second option. The game is pretty is pretty clear. It's all the other guys who have to react off of that, or they have to position themselves off of that. They have to give the proper spacing. Mm-hmm. That's what has to be worked out, and that's where there's almost no time for this. And especially when you look at the limited skill, like if you're giving me a Mikhail Bridges, like Mikhail will figure it out pretty quick just because of, of, of how good he is and how experienced he is. When you start using other guys and their skill set is a little bit less, now their positioning and their, uh, their anticipation and all that, that becomes much, much more Important and to answer the, the first question, I, look, it's good that they won the the three games, but uh, they played Charlotte and Chicago, who have two of the worst offenses in the league, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I can't take anything that that Phoenix's defense is all that, and they gave up 126 points to the Dallas Mavericks, and. Uh, and one against a team that can't play defense right is, is probably worse defensively than than the Suns. So, um, as much as it was a good sign and got everybody excited, like I need to see. Okay, what what how are you going to adjust to a, a, a Philadelphia? How are you going to adjust to a Milwaukee? Because if we're talking about winning a championship, then you need to be able to compete with those teams and show that you can make them as uncomfortable as they're going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, good stuff. Rick, I always appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, hopefully we can chat again real soon. My pleasure, guys. Thank, Thank you, Rick. You. Rick Buecher from uh, FS1, their NBA analyst. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the Arizona Diamondbacks gave $111 million to a player with 38 days of Major League <laughs> service time. <laughs> and why we think it's a great move. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming to this organization, uh, he has been a model in so many different ways of what we are looking for in an Arizona Diamondback player. And this is a culmination of a, you know, um, him grinding through the minor leagues very quickly. I should probably shouldn't use the word grind. Um, rocketing through the minor league system, getting up to our major league team, um, making an immediate impact, and we feel going to make an impact for years to come. And very fortunate to be able to say that he's going to be here now um, for a long time. It's Mike Hazen, general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend, the team making news by signing Corbin Carroll, who's played 32 major league games. Wow. To an eight-year extension. $111 $111 million guaranteed, could reach $134 million if a club option for 2031 is exercised. There's escalators in the contract in the in the later years of the deal. And some people around baseball might be thinking, wow, that's a lot of money for a guy who's barely played. And didn't play a lot of minor league yeah. baseball either. But... As we stated earlier in the Rush Hour reboot when we when the story came up, this is how the Diamondbacks are going to have to do business from now on. Yeah. They've gone down the road in recent years of handing out a $200 million contract to a starting pitcher in Zach Granke, mm-hmm. who was good, but they 
prevented having the pieces around Zach Granke for a, for an extended period of time to compete, although yeah. that 2017 team was, was really good. They can't go down that road anymore. No. Uh, so this is what they have to do when, when they hit on draft picks, identify early, lock them up early. If this works out well, which I think it will, this has the makings of being an all-time steal for the Diamondbacks, which... Sounds crazy when you're talking about 111 million dollars. Well, yes, no, it, it does. But but I would be I would be worried about that because that that's how that's how that's how this deal could get sideways if it if it does become that one sided that the player becomes bitter and gets angry because we've seen that as well. Sometimes players who and I'm not saying Corbin Carroll is like this, but sometimes players who take um, who take the short term, Scotty Pippen, forget about it. Later, when they're grossly, dramatically underpaid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's a downside. Paul Goldschmidt did this. He took he took a, 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 an early offer from the team, and it became outdated very quickly. Well, he outplayed that by tenfold. By tenfold, yeah. So, yep. And it sounds almost criminal to consider what that contract was. Six years, $32 million mm-hmm. for Paul Goldschmidt. Right. And it was it was it was such a value that it, that everyone assumed that because his first contract was such a value that there was no way they could afford him at fair market value. And they probably could and they have. probably could have. <laughs> they people don't want to hear that now. Now that he's a ninety nine in in the baseball video game, the show, the show, yeah. and 99. he's the reigning National League MVP, also on a deal of a contract. I don't know who his agent is. But like <laughs> he's a generous. You know what though. I mean, though. Like <laughs> both contracts he signed were under market like, value. I remember being totally blown away by the size, and I don't mean the overwhelming size of what he got from the Cardinals. I thought it was going to be a lot more. Yeah, and we think, all did, and I think the Arizona Diamondbacks did too. Because we, well, yeah, or we were conditioned to think it was going to be a lot more. Because why else would the team have not signed him? So what I think this does. Aside from buying basically the first three years of his free agency, which if he turns out to be the star that we want that no, let's scratch if they, if he turns out to be the star the team needs him to be, mm-hmm. then those those last three years, like you said, th- those are going to be just bargain basement rates for this player. I, I think it's interesting that the Diamondbacks they also the other thing that they accomplish with this is. It's the antidote to the Paul Goldschmidt thing. There's this feeling that as this team goes younger and younger and younger and relies on youth movement, that there's always the shoe that's waiting to drop. Mm-hmm. There's always the contract the team won't be able to pay. And so we'll always end up losing our best players eventually once they get to free agency. At least this gives this gives Diamondbacks fans some security. That if this kid turns out to be all that, and the Diamondbacks sure believe he will be, yes. he's going to be here for a while. Derek so, Call recently told the story about uh, telling a staffer, hey, if you're going to buy a jersey, buy the Dalton Varsho Bar- jersey, oh, and they traded right. him. That's right. Feel that's confident right. that you can buy a Corbin Carroll jersey yeah. and invest $100 plus and that you'll get a lot of use out of that. I remember the Diamondbacks. See, it's, it's interesting because the Diamondbacks, they, they know how important... Having a face of the franchise, having a new star happens to be because Corbin Carroll's debut, they made that a big deal. Mm -hmm. They separated that. Absolutely. And they have an opportunity maybe to be in this same situation with some young players. I mean, Jordan Lawler's not ready, Mm -hmm. but he's a guy that's on the precipice. I mean, Alec Thomas at the major league level, who, by the way, in watching him play for Team Mexico, Uh does, does he not look bigger? 
Like, like he, physically bigger. Like yes. he worked out. Yeah, the the he upper does. body looks a lot bigger for yeah. Alec Thomas. Yeah. But uh, Jordan Lawler's a guy. Drew Jones, another guy that they're very, very high on after an injury. Yeah. So they might be in and a situation this, to do something similar to what Atlanta's done with their young they, talent. They took a flyer on Kyle Lewis. He had himself a terrific game yesterday. He's played really well. So knock on wood. Now again, this is spring training. These results do not matter. We know that. Yes, we've seen guys have red hot springs the minute the page turns to opening day. They're 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 zero for twenty. Before you know it, yeah. You, it, spring training results don't matter. You're exactly right. But juxtaposing spring training against regular season, and now the World Baseball Classic coming into town, and the the crowds have been crazy at Chase Field last night. Forty seven thousand fans to watch Mexico and and Team USA. Why does the Valley care so much about games that don't matter? Because they care about Cactus League and they care about the World Baseball Classic, yet the regular season rolls around. And if things aren't going swimmingly for the Diamondbacks, you know, Chase Field can be a ghost town. You want the answer? There's less of them? Scarcity is, is creating this? Yeah. I mean, there's only they're all exhibition think, games. Yeah, no, I think I think the uh, what's I think the the WBC at least in terms of Phoenix, it's Team Mexico that is just putting this over the top. I agree, and I I wasn't at the Not game team last Great night. Britain. No, <laughs> and they're stunning jerseys. By the way, did you you didn't go there to support them with I, your history in the <laughs> the British horse thieves? Or whatever? I was there holding up a sign that says yeah. "Go Horse Thieves." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, last week we had the World Baseball Classic on the TVs during the studio in the studio, and and you mentioned to me, man, Team Japan's their uniforms are crazy good. Yeah, pretty much all of them are good. And then Great Britain rolled out their uniforms on Saturday night against Team USA. Just a plain gray with Great Britain. Oh, yeah. Across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> In the, the plainest font yeah, ever. Yeah. 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 Like they forgot they had a game. Yeah, that morning they had to go to the <gasps> mall and get some screen printing something. done before the game. Spring for the airbrush at right. the mall. Come on, right. make it fancy. <laughs> and the World Baseball Classic too. Even in terms of. Like, if you're going to hold it up against the World oh, Cup, dude. or you're going to hold it up against the FIBA championships, or any international hockey tournament, there's this air of caution there. Because these players are all getting ready for a season. So these pitchers are not given 100%. They can't give 100%. There's pitch restrictions That's on right. them. That's right. It's weird. No, it's it kind of like a going through the motions it, right. international kind of, tournament. Kind of, yes, it, yes, you're exactly right. And yet there's all this emotion attached to it. And there's all this weirdness, as, as you know, because you've been paying attention. Uh, Team Czechoslovakia had a guy on the mound who's an electrician in real life. An electrician. Wow, really? Okay. I didn't. I did not know this. He struck out Shohei Otani and never went above eighty miles per hour on the radar. Would gun. you say that he lit him up? <laughs> no, he was electric. He, was electric. he got his. He got his wires right. crossed. He, oh. <laughs> so I was not aware of this until the WBC started. But there's a documentary on the Czech baseball team called Small Country Big Dreams. Have any of us watched this? Uh, no. no. It sounds like a must watch. Apparently, the whole team is just like regular folks who like baseball yeah. teachers electricians yes. like just everyday people there's there's a dude who had a game winning homer for them recently in like the first round or first game who who has never played in major league baseball and it wow. was like wow I know. Well, it's check not. you out. But Vinny, you're hey. right. Hey. Hey. You hey. better check yourself. Yeah. Before you wreck yourself. 
<laughs> Coming up next, we'll continue the shenanigans. Social studies with Sarah Cazell is right ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.